1: a happy Friday to you folks. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Of course, the multimedia aspect of the cafe. The cafe is uh, exchange of ideas and multiple, of course, is multiple ways to talk. Amongst the media, we have a telephone, we've got Skype, we've got Facebook, and we even have good old-fashioned face-to-face conversation. Remember that days? Ooh, Seems like so long ago we used to do that, a little face-to-face. In fact, the phone's even getting to be a little bit uh, old-school now. People seem to like to FaceTime and Skype, and um, text seems to be the number one way, but I kind of like to have a nice conversation. Hear the inflection of the voice. Inflection of the voice. Sorry. I like that, you know, a little face-to-face, see the eye contact at times, that's nice. But at the same time, we have to embrace what modern technology has brought us and what reality is. So that brings us to the Multimedia Cafe. Thank you, folks, for choosing us. Another thing is we really do appreciate you listening to us either over the radio, over the podcast, however you might access it, because there's a bunch of different ways, iTunes, YouTube, Uh, And and that's my point. There's so many different ways to access content these days. So many different people giving you content. And we appreciate it so much because just the other day, I bring this example up time to time. So if you've heard it, excuse me, I'm going to bring it up again, because it blows my mind. I go to the gas station, get some gas. Lo and behold, there's Steve Harvey, the old host of Family Feud, or he still might be the current host. But he's on some other stuff too. And here he is, he's like giving me news at the gas station in between the gas pumps or above the gas pumps on a te- television screen, on a video monitor. And that just is one example of all the different places you can get your content. I know I've been in New York City before to where I drive by a taxi. I'm sorry, I walk by and a taxi drives by, and there's the sports scores. Oftentimes, you know, you're just walking through a, a building, And they've got these big television screens, these big monitors, these LCD monitors, where they'll just have news flashing, that sort of stuff. So, or just, you know, content on there. So point of the story, long story longer. Thank you very much for choosing us because there is a million different ways in a million different areas to get your content. And we do have exclusive interviews here. We bring you one of a kind information That is the one thing that we can promise you, and we appreciate you understanding. That's one of the reasons why we are doing this, is we bring you the exclusive interviews and unusual topics. Of course, we bring you regular topics as well. All right, let's see what we got going on today's program. Okay, it's Friday, so it's a little loose today. I don't know if you figured that out yet, but I hope hope you guys are relaxing here on your Friday. Mike McMahon, the CEO of Ecovapor Recovery Systems, joins us today. Talks about the company and their patented technology. You know, flaring's an issue in many states with oil and gas activity. And it's it's an it's a political powder keg, to be honest. And we get into that a little bit. Uh, not too much, because that can distract from the real issue, which is there's flaring going on. That's natural gas. It's being burnt. Flaring, by the way, is these big flames that come out near uh, uh, oil and gas uh, wells, and it's natural gas. And instead of just venting the natural gas into the environment and killing everybody, they just v- burn it out, just flare it out. And it's actually very clean, and it's a great way to, to do it. Uh, but you can use that natural gas. This winter is a great example. Uh, we did a story a few months ago about how if it gets to be pretty cold, that month of March might get a little bit sticky for natural gas because we do not have a good pipeline system. We don't have a good storage system. In fact, towns like Chicago might start seeing natural gas shortages. You heard that here first, folks. Um, that's something that is is very real and very much around the corner. I mean, this polar vortex that's just snapped through has done incredible things. In fact, in the state of North Dakota, the governor, uh, lifted the restrictive hours on propane haulers, just to give you an idea of another sign that the uh, natural gas is very much needed. So uh, Mike McMahon with Eco Vapor Recovery Systems, he has a solution to their problem. Um, and th- th- there's issues with working with the state and then working with the energy companies and that sort of thing. It's not an overnight process, so it becomes frustrating at times um, because a lot of times these natural gas value added companies are looked at as science projects and unless they can help your bottom line these public energy companies that have to adhere to their shareholders aren't necessarily going to bring on a science project because they got to make sure that they do make a profit so it's a it's a chemistry step in itself trying to get the kind of the, some of the business stuff going but that's where the state comes in and you know it depends on where they allocate their dollars and their resources and in states like texas and in states like north dakota um there's been issue so talk a little bit about that as well as you know just how an update from the oil patch as well what's going on and oh he was down at a conference too he just spoke at a conference and he gave a presentation flare less profit more and it's a health safety environmental conference so we talked with him a little bit about that too And then in the latter part of the program, Kathy Kaiser with the Ronald McDonald House Charities in Bismarck uh, gives an overview of the services. And uh, one of the things that they do is they operate an eight bed house, which acts as temporary housing for people who've been struck by medical issues, primarily premature babies. uh, The families of premature babies, babies stay out there. And a lot of them are from like actually the the Western Dakotas. Uh, primarily the oil patch. So we talked to her a little bit about that, some of the services they have going. Giving Hearts Day is coming up, February 14th, Valentine's Day. They are a charity with Giving Hearts Day. So we asked her about how long they've been involved, what's going on there, kind of the healthy competition of the uh, charity day of Giving Hearts Day. Uh, Good conversation, Kathy Kaiser. In fact, I talked to her uh, a a little, maybe a year, year and a half ago. Uh, XTO gave a big check ronald mcdonald house charities and we did a story on that a number about a year year and a half ago something like that i want to say it was in november of 2017 but nice to catch up with kathy kaiser again and find out what's new there with the ronald mcdonald house charities in bismarck also mike mcmahon ceo Vapor recovery systems right around the corner here on the multimedia cafe my name is jason speese and you're listening to the multimedia cafe
2: Lonely hearts whisper things you can't feel
1: few months I've told you about how unbelievable hatch coaching is well don't just take my word for it listen to what Greg Tavine of emerging prairies has to say about hatch coaching
2: yeah I mean this guy gets people laughing he gets people thinking he, he's somebody that challenges and inspires and and what I think is so beautiful about Eric is he's real I think the number one thing that I look for in speakers when we bring him into our platforms is is that they're that person 365 days a year. Eric is not just a speaker on a stage. That's that's who he is at the grocery store. That's who he is when he's at the mall. Uh, But but Eric is somebody that lives his values each and every day. And I I think we can all respect that.
1: To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com or call 701-212-1572, that's 701-212-1572.
0: Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken.
3: I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts.
1: Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation. Coming up next, we talk with Michael McMahon, Eco Vapor Recovery Systems. Mike McMahon, Eco Vapor Recovery Systems. Let's start off by talking about what is it uh, Eco Vapor does.
0: Eco Vapor Recovery Systems has, has been in operation for about, or was founded about nine years ago. Uh, we have uh, patented uh, technology that uh, is very unique. It, what we do is we have uh, equipment that removes oxygen from a uh, gas, a natural gas stream. And uh, what this does is it allows operators to uh, unlock uh, all the uh, opportunities involved in, in capturing uh, tank vapors. Um, vapors are generated in a variety of, uh, of, of ways in the uh Oil production process uh, essentially the uh, well stream flows from the uh, wellhead through some initial uh, separation where the uh, uh, natural gas portion of that well stream is, is taken off at line pressure and then typically the liquids flow to uh, storage tanks which are very large uh, they're operated pretty much at, at atmospheric pressure and uh, this uh, dynamic allows for the release of a lot of vapors that are uh, uh, contained or captured uh, in the liquid. And uh, they, they're liberated because those uh, storage tanks are very large and have very long residence time. And uh, they're operated at very low pressure, so the vapor pressure of the vapor allows them to come out. Um, these vapors are typically uh, flared in many applications or, or just uh burned or destroyed. Uh, and so uh, our technology allows these vapors to be captured and sold uh, into the uh, gas gathering system uh, because those vapors typically contain oxygen. And we, we remove that oxygen and uh, allow that vapor to be sold, which, which, uh, w- which opens up a whole uh, host of, uh, of opportunities and, and opportunities to bring value.
1: You mentioned flaring, and that's something that comes up in the news quite a bit, um, especially up in, in my area, the Bakken. Uh, you're down. Where, where are you based out of?
0: Our headquarters is in Denver,
1: and uh, oh, we no have kidding. field offices uh, uh, one one north of Denver in Greeley, Colorado, and then one in uh, Midland, Texas. Okay, no kidding. So you you guys are down in the Permian, then I would imagine, or at least do, doing some business in the Eagleford Permian, Haynesville, Texas area, correct?
0: Yes, we have over 100 installations oh. uh, of our, uh, out in the field at this point in, in all the major basins.
1: And how's the flaring down there? Uh, in North Dakota, it's a big issue, and there's political issues up in North Dakota where only certain companies get in and get access, that sort of thing. That's a story that's been heard over and over again up in North Dakota. Um, how is it down in where you're at? Are you guys getting... Uh, access to the proper people are the Texas officials keeping up with what they said they'd keep up with when it comes to uh, flaring that sort of thing I'm not asking you to get political here I'm asking you just kind of this is your business and this is how you guys make money and you know what there's certain certain uh, ways that innovation needs to happen and one of them is pushing the envelope a little bit on these guys to start, you know, getting innovation going. So, sorry, I just had to push it a little bit there. But, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you understand what I mean because I, I, I feel your guys' frustration. And so, you know, it's, it's, you try to be professional at the same time. You're like, listen, you guys are the ones asking for this. Here's your solution. So, sorry about that. I'm not trying to do your sales call for you, but... Uh, <laughs> No, this is great. I appreciate the help. <laughs> but what's it like down there? I mean, you know what I mean? Because you've got you've got the officials trying to to actually make a conscious effort in reducing flaring. Yet you got all these science projects going around, and um, you know it's just it's not happening yet. Is is it? But you guys at least have a hundred installations. So in your world, it's happening at least slowly, or on pace, by numbers, that sort of thing. Talk to me about that that business climate and that environment and that sort of thing, because it is very regulated.
0: Sure. So uh, re- rewinding in time, you know, a, a few years, uh, there was a time when vapors that are generated in the production of oil and gas were, were just simply released to the atmosphere uh, without, without being burned uh but you know the uncombusted hydrocarbons being released in the atmosphere are much more damaging than, than combusted hydrocarbons. So you know over the last you know years, uh, regulations and, and uh, you know regulatory oversight of, of the uh, uh, combustion flaring of uh, vapors has, has become you know the you know the, the status quo in, in every state uh EPA obviously has federal regulations and then and then each state has a little bit different uh, process for managing uh the the flaring process so uh so flaring originally came about you know as a as a more environmental friendly solution to the vapor being generated you know than then just releasing it uncombusted uh But it it is it is regulated. And so, you know, there are uh, emissions, you know, emissions uh, from from these uh, flares that have to be managed. Uh, So our technology takes what is a a waste stream, you know, currently a waste stream and turning it into uh, into into revenue uh, and also improving the uh, emissions uh, profile, you know, the environmental footprint of the well site. So, what we see with many clients is that uh, they they want to improve their emissions profile uh, and, and their uh, and de-risk their environmental compliance by capturing this vapor instead of selling it. So, it makes good good business sense from a revenue standpoint and good sense from a uh, regulatory compliance standpoint. But additionally, you know these flares are very visible. And, uh, you know, it, it is becoming, uh, you know, I guess just more of a sensitive issue uh, with, uh, with the public as, as they drive by or, or you know, fly over and, and see flares burning. You know, they, they identify that as, as, as waste and something that they would, you know, prefer not to see. So there is, you know, there is also those, uh, you know, more intangible uh, reasons why, why many clients want to want to work with us and come up with a, uh, a solution for, for capturing that, that vapor and turn the flares out.
1: You know, and I, I honestly, I think this is something that needs to be nipped in the bud pretty quick because I think what you said is going to happen more and more where people are going to start pushing back a little bit more on these flaring because this is something that is supposed to have been solved over the last 10 years. And if people aren't seeing it's being done, they're going to start questioning, okay, why isn't this being done? Like the one, the one thing uh, I'm hearing up in like North Dakota up in the Bakken is uh, there's money set aside to help companies to reduce flaring, but then the, the companies go, the dollars go to the same companies who then work with the universities. And so a lot of the smaller companies have a hard time breaking through and getting past that next thing. And if you're the big companies, why wouldn't you not work with the universities? Because it's cheaper and you the regulatories work right with you, that sort of thing. And so in, up in the Bakken, they got to compete with the universities um, and the government quite a bit for some of these flaring things. And, and they didn't hit their last mark. And so that's kind of one of the issues happening up there. Um, and like I said, I'm not trying to get into the politics here because that stuff just already happened. That's done with. That's just a fact. Um Right. Yeah. Are, well, are, are you guys seeing any, I guess, uh, government dollars or government assistance to help you get in with some of these companies? Because let's be honest, you know, some of these bigger companies, they don't even have offices around here. They're like in, you know, some other Dubai or something like that. So <laughs> you, you understand right. what I mean, though, is that what, t- what type of assistance is happening? Because um, the taxpayers have paid a lot of money to help reduce the flaring. That's where I'm getting at, and, and and the whole idea is companies like yours are the ones that are help reducing this problem. So yeah, sure. No, that's a great
0: question. I would say first of all, just to maybe frame frame the phenomenon of flaring. Obviously, in in order for our solution to to be viable, uh, the producer has to have a pipeline. You know, they have to have infrastructure and a, and a gas pipeline in place to for as a gathering system to collect the gas and and bring it to. Uh, you know gas processing facility so you know there there may be some you know flaring of, of uh, gas that's taking place because you know the operator wants to uh, would, would love to capture the gas but there's just no infrastructure to do so uh, you know in other areas for example there's are some areas of the Permian where there are pipelines in place but they are you know fully subscribed so I think uh, you know the industry is reacting and trying to uh, install you know, more pipeline capacity to, to collect and, and carry away uh more of the gas. But you know, there are instances where that's where at this point that's just not viable.
1: Mr. Michael McMahon, hold that thought for a moment here. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna continue the conversation with Michael McMahon, Eco Vapor Recovery Systems. My name is Jason Spees and this is the Multimedia Cafe. <laughs>
2: that I've tried I've told the truth yeah you know that I've lied We all do what we do so we can survive
1: Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Michael McMahon with Ecovapor Recovery Systems.
0: However, you know, in cases where it is viable, you know, we're seeing that there's a lot of operators, you know, no matter where their headquarters is, who, who want to want to do the right thing and uh, just want to, uh, you know, reduce their their greenhouse gas emissions, uh, reduce, you know, reduce their environmental footprint and and their environmental, uh, you know, regulatory exposure. So we have a a lot of clients that, you know, work with us. There's a couple of large operators in the Permian who have basically come to us and said, let's work together on uh, designing a system and coming up with a solution for capturing the tank vapor instead of, you know, instead of flaring it and, uh, if it makes money for us, great, but if it doesn't, that's okay too, because we want to, we want to put the flares out. So, um, uh, there's, there's, uh, more and more operators are taking that, that proactive approach. What I love about our approach is, or, or, you know, or our solution is that, uh, you know, not only do we, you know, put the flares out and reduce the, uh, emissions, but it also makes a uh, very good economic sense in, in most cases. And, and so it's, it's, uh, it's something that's really a win-win-win for the for the producer they get uh more revenue they get a, a more uh de- from an environmental standpoint a cleaner footprint and a de-risked site environmentally and there's a uh, positive uh, safety implications for the site as well
1: well let's talk numbers a little bit talk turkey if you would mind um and the reason i say that is because you know one of the reasons why a lot of the natural gas or the um uh, you know, the value-added uh, technology innovation has, hasn't been adapted, as they say, cost. It's not making money. And, and that's where I adapted the term science projects. They've got science projects going on some of these wells. Well, that was five, six, seven, eight years ago. And it sounds to me, if you guys are installing the number that you are, um, and you guys are making some money for people over at uh, Vapor Recovery Systems, Michael McMahon, Mike McMahon's joining us, the CEO, Eco Vapor Recovery Systems. Uh, take a minute and talk a little bit about, are you guys saving monies for your customer? I know you mentioned that some people are doing it out of goodness of their heart, but let's, let's be honest. That's not everybody out there because people need to pay their bills, et cetera. Are, are you guys, you know, saving some money for companies, that sort of thing? Take an opportunity and, and give it, give yourself a nice, nice commercial, if you
2: will.
0: Sure. No, thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that segue. You know, uh, yeah, you know, everyone's process and, and everyone's situation is different. Obviously, the, the more vapor that's present on a site, you know, then, then the more uh, potential revenue stream and, and the economics become more favorable. Uh, you know, just to give you some numbers, uh, this, the, the typical unit that we provide to uh, oil and gas producers can process uh, 300,000 uh, cubic feet of, of uh, vapor per day. Uh and with one of those units, if it's if it's fully loaded, in other words, if it's if it's run at full capacity, uh, you know, it, it, if we do a lease arrangement, uh, it will it will pay, about the first five days of each month pays the lease cost. And the rest is uh, is, is pure incremental profit for the producer. So from a straight economic standpoint, uh, you know, uh, on a site of reasonable scale, uh, we can demonstrate very favorable economics. Uh, just to caveat that and not get too technical, you know, there are different uh, types of uh, gas gathering systems and different contracts out there. Uh, and so it, it really depends on the specifics of those contracts. But, you know, in, in most cases where there is a uh, reasonable volume of vapor available on a site, uh, the economics are, are very, very favorable. I'm talking about in the hundreds of thousands of dollars per year of uh, net net incremental uh, cash flow to the customer <clears throat> some of the other ways that we also you know provide economic value is uh, obviously by by de-risking a site environmentally by by turning a well pad into a zero emissions well pad uh, you know then the exposure to to fines uh, in, in case of uh, you know in case of exceeding near uh, permit you know those obviously that is that is de-risked um, there are some regions of the country where uh, there's a limit on how much emissions can take place off of a well pad, and so that just uh, limits the the amount of production or the number of wells that can be located on a pad uh, if you're if you're flaring uh, your your vapor uh, because you know once once they reach the uh, maximum allowed uh, volume of of uh, flaring, then they can't add any more production. Obviously, if we, if our solution comes in and, and makes that pad a zero emissions pad, then you can co-locate many more wells on that one uh, location, and uh, that, that allows the producer to be much more efficient with their capital. You know, they can put many more wells and concentrate on one pad, so their site development costs and some of the uh, you know common pieces of equipment, separation equipment, that sort of thing that would be on a pad, you know that, that capital is used much more efficiently. So we, uh, we bring that economic value as well. Hope I'm not getting too technical. But uh, additionally, uh, from a safety standpoint, uh, we allow the uh, producer to run a uh, safer uh, pad where, first of all, you, you don't have a flare and the exposure of, of the flare. Uh, you also have... Uh, storage tanks that are operated at lower pressures and, uh, and so there's less exposure and less exposure to vapor uh for the uh for the employees out on the uh, out on the well pad so there are many different ways that, that we bring value and uh, and you know hard hard dollars uh to the table and so once we uh can sit down with a uh, with a producer you know with a potential client and and show them you know how our uh, technology unlocks the oppor- all these opportunities. Uh, typically, it's a, it's, a very, it's a very positive conversation. They look at it and go, "Wow, I, I want to I do that. How can you help me do that?"
1: Now you're coming from a trade show. What trade show are you just at?
0: Uh, this was a uh, trade show in Austin, Texas. It was it's uh, the uh, four number four C uh, environmental conference. So it was, a, a, it was a, a broad, not just oil and gas, but a, a broad uh, gathering of uh, you know safety, health, and environmental, uh, you know, types of solutions. And so I gave a presentation there on uh, on our technology and the uh, opportunities it unlocks, and then we have an exhibit booth there as well. So great deal of interest, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, had some great, great conversations about, you know, how we can help clients achieve their objectives, basically more free cash flow and uh, zero emissions.
1: And that's pretty much what you spoke on was kind of – just an overview of uh, how they can use your services, save some save some money, and reduce their emissions. And I imagine a lot of that was what we just talked about. But is there anything that is you know bullet point worth, or anything that from the uh, uh, I guess presentation that you think people should re- you know walk away from if if we haven't talked about it, or maybe we did?
0: Yeah, you know, because I because the the, the presentation was fresh on my mind. I've really covered most of it. You know, the the title of the presentation is uh, is uh, flare less uh, sell more uh, so it's, it's very it's very simple and, uh, and we just we just talk about how uh, our solution and in, in one of the things I've found is that really the, the degree of expertise in, uh, in exploration and production companies in, in upstream oil and gas, um, their expertise in vapor recovery is, is not as strong uh, as in other areas because it's really not core to their business. You know, most of these companies are really, you know, they're focused on getting getting more oil, you know, in the tank and, and uh, you know, getting more barrels per day out and,
1: and selling more oil. And that was Michael McMahon with Eco Vapor Recovery Systems. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Kathy Kaiser with the Ronald McDonald House Charities in Bismarck, North Dakota. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Another,
2: rain, another sunny place, I'm lucky I know. I feel just like I'm living someone else's life. It's like I just stepped outside
3: when everything
2: was going right. And I know just why you could not go along with me, Is this was not your dream. I don't wrong, but I wanna go home.
1: Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here on the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Kathy Kaiser. She's with the Ronald McDonald House Charities of Bismarck.
3: Kathy Kaiser, Executive Director of Ronald McDonald House Charities of Bismarck.
1: Thank you much for joining us here today. Let's start off by talking about what it is that, that you do and maybe some of the services you guys provide.
3: Well, um, as I said, we're with Ronald McDonald House Charities, a local nonprofit in the Bismarck area, and we actually have two programs. We have our Ronald McDonald House, which is our cornerstone program, and that is um, we provide temporary housing for the families of seriously ill children receiving medical treatment in the Bismarck area. And um, we have an eight-bedroom house, and last year, uh, provided a home away from home to just under 200 families that had to travel to Bismarck to get necessary life-saving treatment for their um, for their children. The majority of our families are premature babies, and their families that are just staying here until they're big enough to go home. But we do. Um, handle any kind of pediatric patient is welcome to stay here. We ask families to make a nominal donation of $20 a night if they're able to, but no family is turned away for inability to stay. And then about seven years ago, um, wanting to find a way to help even more children, we launched our Ronald McDonald Caremobile program, and that is a state-of-the-art mobile dental program that travels around western North Dakota. Um, bringing um, oral health care to underserved children in their own neighborhoods. For many of the 1,800 kids a year that we serve, uh, we are the only dentist they have ever seen or will ever see, and um, we provide life-saving treatment for, for many of these children. So we stay very busy.
1: Now we're going to talk about Giving Hearts Stay in just a moment, uh, Some of the, as well as some other ways to donate throughout the year. Of course, Giving Hearts Day is one of those days where it captures a lot of people's attention, but we also like to mention that uh, charities like yourself accept donations all year long, and I imagine there's even probably a signature event that you guys are a part of. Maybe not, but a lot of times the organizations like the Ronald McDonald House do. Um, before we get into that, I'd like to talk about some of your sponsors. Uh, you and I have done an interview in the past. At least we we were talking a little bit before we got on the air and we discovered that it was probably three four years ago on um, a donation XTO made uh, in regards I think a $25,000 donation to the Ronald McDonald house uh, talk to me a little bit about some of those donations maybe some of the bigger donors the smaller donors just ones that really kind of help you you guys either day-to-day or in a pinch or that donation that allowed you to go to that next level just take some time and thank the people
3: well, there are so many, and of course, when you um, start uh, making
1: a list like this, of course, you never want to leave anybody out, no matter what. I know it's so hard, uh, isn't it? But you know, I know yeah. you
3: mentioned XCO. they were wonderful to us. Whiting Oil, out in that part of the state, too, has also been very generous. Uh, you mentioned our signature event this weekend by our number one supporters and have been forever. Uh, The Dickinson Rough Rider Commission is hosting the cabin fever benefit at the Eagles Club in Dickinson this coming Saturday, February 9th. And um, they raise a tremendous amount of money for us every year. And they do that as a sort of a pay it forward because so many of the families that we serve are from the Dickinson area and they come and stay for us. And they have been doing this now. um, I believe this is the 27th year of the benefit coming up this Saturday and it's just a great time and tickets are available and there's a live auction, a silent auction, dance, breakfast, a barbecue and all sorts of great fun going on. We have so many wonderful donors, large and small. We've got churches that support us. For our Caremobile program, we have to give special thank you and acknowledgement to the Otto Bremer Trust and um, Basin Electric and Power Cooperatives, um, Thomas Rastus Leeds Foundation. You know, just there are so many terrifically generous organizations and foundations and individuals in this state, and we are so grateful for all of them.
1: Oh, when it comes to Giving Hearts Day, are you guys? Uh, part I believe you're participating this year, aren't you?
3: We have been a part of this from the first moment that we could be a part of it. I think this is our eighth year to be involved. Uh, the first year they expanded to Bismarck, Mandan. We were already um, good partners with uh, Dakota Medical Foundation and Impact Foundation in other ways, and um, we signed on with a small group of uh, Bismarck. Uh, Nonprofits that were going to participate in that first year and formed a a collaborative of our local nonprofit agencies And i say we had probably under 10 the first year and I think this year we have over 40 that come together as a group and work to as a group and um, Of course, we're hoping for donations for our own nonprofits, but it's so nice to be able to present a united picture to the community of um, well, actually the whole state and invite people to, um, the way I look at it, I like to invite people to shop through the list of nonprofits that are available and, you know, make their donations, uh, um, you know, as, as many as they um, are attracted to at that moment. It's just a great way to introduce people to other charities that they might not have thought of um, donating to.
1: You know, and everybody has their own strategy when it comes to <clears throat> ways to garner attention or get support that sort of thing and sometimes it's as simple as uh, you know sending out emails and newsletters other times you know they symbols and a, who knows a main street band just to try to get attention it's all in good competition and good fun because at the end of the day it's it's one of the largest um, donation days at least in the upper Midwest and are you guys doing anything do you guys have you guys done anything in the past uh, as far as? you know, a little bit more activity-wise to, to get that kind of attention and maybe other years where you didn't do as much. Talk to me about just some of the either social or community activities you guys have done on that day.
3: Well, of course, we rely upon our, our volunteers and our board members to become involved and to spread the word with um, with their their friends and family and uh, the, their co-workers and people that they see. You know, we do pretty much what... Um, the other charities do with a uh, uh, reminder notices and emails to our former donors uh, about what what we're doing and remind them um, of when the happy day is coming this year of course we're hosting with the other Bismarck nonprofits um, a legislative day which we have done in the past and the governor and the first lady usually kick it off for us and just a chance to visit with the uh, um, the uh, legislative members from around the state, and uh, we usually get some good publicity from that too. Um, you know, we put up the uh, lawn signs like um, other people do in town and we're red and just about the, the buttons to remind people and anybody we run into about what, what's going on this day. And uh, it really is a sense of community celebration. Um, it just, uh, uh, create this, you know, great opportunity for one day of giving. And I, over the years that we've been in well, since the beginning now, they've reached over $55 million, which is absolutely unbelievable. And we're just delighted to be a part of it. One of the best things for us is that we have um, found a way to make contact with a lot of new donors that perhaps we might not have found if it weren't for Giving Hearts Day, and they can seek us out on givingheartstay.org and indicate what they want to do, but, um, you know, as a as a nonprofit, you're always looking for a way to not only retain the donors that you have, but to make new contacts, too, and this has been just a wonderful vehicle for
1: us to do that. And that was Kathy Kaiser with the Ronald McDonald House Charities of Bismarck. And I'd like to thank you, Kathy, for joining the program here. Kathy Kaiser, Ronald McDonald, House Charities of Bismarck. Also like to thank Mike McMahon, CEO of Ecovapor Recovery Systems. Thank you very much for joining the program here on this Friday. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe, and that's going to do it this week, folks. Hope you folks enjoy the weekend. I know I am. It's going to be a nice, relaxing weekend. It sounds like I've got uh, a house full of boys. Uh, My son will be having a sleepover. Three of them, it sounds like, and they're going to be either recording YouTube videos, or coming up with YouTube videos, or apparently they're going to record me in their YouTube videos. I'm not even sure. I just, uh, I, I just know I like it when I when the twelve uh, year olds are downstairs in the basement, and I can hear them laughing and having fun. So anyway, that's going to do it for me, folks. Thank you very much. We'll be back t- Monday on this radio station at this time. And, of course, if you access us in the land of podcasts, we are available there, too. Go to crudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. So go to thecrudelife.com to access any podcasts or interviews. From the staff of the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice.
2: to be